Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even doing an intro, you know, sometimes I bore y'all and just, you know, give you an update on what's happening in my life, but this, my guest needs no introduction, nothing necessary needed. I'm just going to say his name, but I'm going to say welcome, Morpheus, welcome to Ryan Out Loud. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me here. It's a blessing. No, thank you. Like, first of all, it's uh, your, the tweet that I sent out had been sitting in my drafts for almost since you first, like when I've always been familiar with your mixes, but mm. when you went like viral, viral, I was like, mm-hmm. I have to have him on my show because your ear for your, your mashups, your, your, your ear is just phenomenal. And I'm just, how does that even like, I'm not a producer. I'm not a singer. I like to used to like to think I was, but <laughs> like even with songwriting, just I always like to pick your brain, you uh, creatives in that aspect mm. of brains on how does that even start? But before we get, because we're going to get into a lot of that. Okay. How are you? I am blessed. You know, I'm alive. I'm living. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I can say when I wake up every morning before the day even starts. It's just give thanks to God in my life. So I'm good. Um, I'm actually really excited. I have a session tomorrow with a really, really great upcoming male R&B artist, which is okay. really exciting for my project. Um, I checked my account. Some checks have cleared. So, you know, that's always a good oh, thing. Oh, we love you know, when the check always is coming through. through. <laughs> you know, every time I'm like, mm, okay, they're taking a bit too long. And it pops up <laughs> right when you, when you need it. So that's good. Um, but overall, I'm, you know, I'm really blessed. You know, I was just kind of reminiscing yesterday because it's been a year since I dropped my legitimate debut single which was back together featuring Kehlani and I was also featured as the launch face for a program that Spotify is doing that's highlighting black creatives called Frequency so I got to do this big campaign with them shoot like a commercial then I got to go to New York City because I was on this big Times Square billboard which was incredible so it's been a whole couple of days of just reflecting because I feel like for me, you know, I'm a Capricorn. I'm always working. I'm always thinking of what can I do next. But I think it's important. You know, life is so so short. If yeah. anything that I've been taught in life, just from my own personal losses, but also, you know, we're in a period right now where a lot of us Black queer creatives are unfortunately going through a lot of rough times. So I want to make sure that I'm taking the time to reflect on my accomplishments. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, and hopefully keep powering forward. So that's a long-winded version to say. I'm no. <laughs> and I love to hear that. I love what I love about you. Your when I listen to watch your interviews, you are just so full of life. And it's just like how if you don't mind me asking, how old mm-hmm. are you? I turned 24 on December 31st. So yeah, mm-hmm. 24 now. You're already special. So you're uh, okay. yeah. oh my God. Wow. I always say, like, I had a few friends that had Christmas birthdays. Mm-hmm. I know somebody that was born on like New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I always say mm-hmm. you, you're already a great born. birthday. You know, I can't complain about it. The only thing I will say is when I was younger, I could not stand it because like I don't really like the snow. Okay. Um, and so growing up in Philadelphia, you yeah, know, there was snow everywhere. Pittsburgh. So okay, so you already know. You already know that snow was not it. So what a oh, thing right. that I used to do. I used to celebrate my birthday in June for my half birthday. You know what? 
I never mm. thought it. It was cute. It gave like, yeah, yeah, give me a little happy birthdays on December 21st, <laughs> but we're going to celebrate in June. In like, June. don't forget, my birthday going to last six months still. You so. know what? I'm in October, but my six months is still like kind of. That's I'm still like a springtime. Six, six months before, like in mm-hmm. June. I can do <laughs> Period. Period. You, know, it, like, you should do it. You should do a one year. Try it out. See what it is. It's gonna give. It's gonna give. It's gonna You're give. twenty four, mm-hmm. and then so you've been doing mashups for. Just take us. So, how did this love for music, your your inspiration, just just it started? So, I credit my inspiration for music, the direct inspiration from really my family but specifically my brother so my earliest musical memories is in like 2000 2001 when I was like two or three and my brother and I talk about this all the time but I remember listening to a lot of Timbaland's production so you know my brother put me on to Alia you know she is my fave um I'm a big fan of uh, Destiny's Child and you know all of those those artists so since my brother was listening to that a lot obviously at that you know young age I'm looking up to whatever my brother's listening to yeah, yeah. but um I remember listening specifically to we need a resolution in like April of 2001 when it dropped and I remember being on my dad's porch we lived on a uh, 66th avenue in Philly and I just remember having this cap on backwards like I was Jay-Z I'm like three years old and I was beatboxing to we need a resolution and I think we honestly have it on video somewhere and I'm like trying so hard to get it because I feel like one day when I do a documentary that is going to be that is so that's such an important integral changing point in my life because everyone always brings that up as when I was really young I was just beatboxing to anything whatever would come on the radio I would just like just do all that and so I knew from a young age I wanted to be like a producer or be somewhere in that vein um and then a couple years later Actually, it might have been around that same time. I saw um, a movie, a beautiful movie called Titanic. <laughs> that was my favorite movie, and it still is. Um, and that gave me my love for filmmaking. You okay. know, I, I love the whole storyline. You know, Jack Rose, that was cute. But <laughs> I was always in awe of how it was created. I'm like, now I know this ship sank almost 100 <laughs> years ago. You know what I mean? And here they are doing all these amazing camera works and, and, and different things. And I was really impressed by how James Cameron, the director, was able to take a tragedy, you know, a big tragedy, something that was so large scale, but connected to the audience with such a human story. Yeah. So that was kind of was like, oh, I would love to be able to do that one day with my stories. That's what art should be about. So music and film, I fell in love with them at the same time. Um, I used to think I could sing too. I used to think I could rap, okay? okay I, you got to test the waters, right? You got to right, test you know, I was like, let me try my creative palette, you know? And you know what? I could hold a little note, but I definitely need some vocal lessons. So maybe one day I'll pop out on some R&B stuff. Who knows? Listen, surprise us. Keep us Surprise coming. us, okay. I just told Taylor, I was like, you know, I love grew up Taylor. in the church. I know, shout out to Taylor. I love Taylor. And I told him, he was like, uh-uh, not me hearing a little book. I was like, listen, I... You know, growing up in the church, you know, my grandma would be like, go up there, sing for me, baby. Sing a solo real quick. But I never took it serious. Seriously, yeah. That's the thing. It was one of those things like, damn, Ryan, you should have did that. Like, you, I mean, you still I, can. Like, never and, say never. And never what, say never. That's what Taylor said. He was like, don't ever not cons yourself out. I was like, you know, because I'm 32. So I'm like, uh, you know, at 30, I thought everything was just 
over right mm. so you know he was like no no you're good you know so it's something in the in the works I'm like you know maybe one of these days I'll you know you know I, try I mean I feel like even not to segue really quick but I feel like the whole conversation about age is such an important one to have and I feel like we are the ones the community are the ones that need to be able to break that yes. um and not let whatever industry politics or any of that BS stop it you know I look at someone who is a great example of someone in her their 30s and is just now seeing legitimate success is Lucky Day you know Lucky Day started music sure. only a couple years ago yes. and I believe he's what 35 36 yeah, 34 yeah. something like something like that and he is not even at the cusp of what he's going to create and I it makes me think of uh Oh my God, Tina Turner's documentary. Yes. Watching yes. it when I was young, growing up, watching her, not realizing she was like in her late 40s, early 50s, when that, you know, she rebranded, re came, came back, and it was just this rock and roll image. And you're mm. like, it's never too late. So it's never too late. Never too and late. I have so many conversations with a lot of my friends. I think the pressures of us as young Black people are so hard, whether you're, you know, whatever you identify as. Um, specifically for, you know, um, the women, the Black women in this industry, you know, they're definitely stands alike and the industry will say, ah, ah, once you're 30, you should be done. Oh, yeah. But it's like, in reality, that's not the case. Like, y'all still gonna stand, shut up. Like, you know, you still gonna there, you still gonna buy the music. So I always say, look, exactly. at the end of the day, do what speaks to you and hopefully your audience and your support system will find you. And that's all that matters. That's a good, y'all lis- listeners, Take that in. Thank you. For that. <laughs> of course. Okay. Back on track. Cause I'm good. One thing about Ryan out loud and myself, I will go off track in a heartbeat. Me I'm too. That's I'm like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta keep each other in check. We, we, got, <laughs> we got each other. Listen, I, um, I jump. I am horrible at notes and I just mm-hmm. like jot things down. Mm-hmm. Okay, Talked about the inspiration where you came from. Da, 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 da. Oh, well the mashup stuff. I can kind of speak yes. about that a little bit. Yes. Cause that segues into that. But um, yeah, I always wanted to be a producer and filmmaker, and I'm grateful that now I'm kind of in that position um, to really start to make a lot of that stuff come to fruition. That rhymed, my bad. (laughs) But yeah, um, the mashup stuff, you know, because um, I learned how to produce um, in like 2009 to 2012, I used to use a program on the PSP called Beaterator that Timbaland had. Okay. It was a little game, and that's when I, I kind of like, I... right, like I was just, mm, you know, doing my little beats on there, and they were fire, okay, like, mm-mm. I could have blew up then, you know, <laughs> if I had the means, um, but then I graduated to using a little program that came standard with MacBooks called GarageBand, so I used okay, to use yeah. that a lot when I was younger, and it's like 2010, and then I heard of something called FL Studio, but I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if it looks a little bit too intimidating. But then somehow just searching the internet, I think I was on YouTube looking up like beat making tutorials, whatever. YouTube University. A, okay, period. YouTube be coming through. All the time. All the time. And I found a program um, that spoke to me called Ableton. And that is the program that I've used exclusively for the last like 12 years. Oh, okay. And it's a production suite. It's like FL Studio, Logic, all of those. And um, because I was a little bit stingy as a child, like I didn't really like to be taught something. I wanted to learn it myself. And one of the biggest reasons was I didn't want to learn the, a workflow that someone else had because I was you like, I don't want to copy yeah. how they made their sound or whatever. Like, 
you know, I'll deal with all the engineering and technicalities later, but like, let me see what this does. Let me see what that does. It might not be the conventional way, but when you're dealing with art, you should never let, you know, the conventional ways dictate you. And I think that's why sometimes I'd be button heads with the engineers. <laughs> Cause like, they'll be like, well, it's supposed to sound just like this. I'm like, I don't really care. Yeah. It's mine. Like, whatever. Yeah. Period. You know, like <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. And, but no. So like, yeah, it's been, um, it's been a journey kind of learning that. And then I actually won in like 2014, uh, Azealia Banks. She had done a Chasing Time mm-hmm. remix contest and I won surprisingly, which don't I don't surprised. know why. What? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to be completely blunt. I'm going to tell you why. And I, you know, all love to Azealia. But that, <laughs> that, was, that was sympathy. That was a sympathy win, okay? Because she... Shout out to Azalea, shout out to Azalea, because that did give me a lot of confidence for me to be still in, what, middle school, high school? Yeah, so you were young, right? Very young, and I, she gave me $10,000. <laughs> I was Hello? like, okay. It was, and I was on the Japanese edition of, you know, her debut album, but, you know, when, uh, and maybe this is me being, like, just kind of pushing back against it, because I felt like, what I was doing at the time compared to what I'm doing now is nowhere near the same um, because I learned so much from like 2014 to 2016 on the production sure. side that like if those, if that remix competition happened two years later, oh, I would have ate it. Because now when I listen to that remix, I'm like, oh, child, like you just you just did that because you knew I was a fan because I was the <laughs> biggest fan of the competition. But I, regardless, I appreciate it and still right. all love to the other you know competitors because it gave me a lot of confidence. It's a wow like she still kind of realized I'm trying and that's all that mattered and maybe she did hear something in there that she hear and other ones I don't I don't see it but I still appreciate that because that put gave me a lot of confidence as a producer so like I said because I was already producing and I learned Ableton through and through making a mashup to me was like super easy because it's not like you're producing from scratch you're really just you know taking bits and pieces of different songs so I think the first mashup I did was like 2012 and I put that up on YouTube it didn't make no noise and I was like whatever fuck it you know <laughs> it doesn't really matter that's not what I'm trying to do but then I think the first mashup that I did that really really took off was um I did a mashup of Alia's Rock the Boat and Rihanna's work Work the Boat that's what I, mm-hmm. I listen that is one of my favorites it goes like I literally like I will play it when I'm like getting ready or you know like it's definite your ears it's very simple you know what I mean and that's what I appreciate it does what it it needs to it It wasn't over the top you know it's just like I was just I remember listening to work and I was like I mean Alia sounds so dope on this and I was like child let me throw her on there and just see what it sounds like and I was like it fits you know Alia's tone and you know all of that so I remember putting that out and because this is what 2017 so by this time I was in film school I went to Fulcell University for my bachelor's degree I got it in 20 months and so while I'm there I'm focused on the film shit <clears throat> so you know I would do the little mashups put them up but I wasn't really worried about like what was going on on social media like I let that to the side but I'm seeing and hearing like people posting videos of like different DJs playing it like yo I made this and I was like okay but okay. you yeah. I mean, it's like, at the end of the day, like, it's such a simple mashup, like, okay, there's bound to be someone else that, like, blends the two songs together, but, like, 
I know exactly what I did with that. Like I hear exactly what I did with that. And it was becoming such a big thing that I knew people were trying to like pop up off of it. So I put it up on SoundCloud. I think this is one of the, the times that I really realized like, oh, yo, my SoundCloud is popping off was um, when I checked the SoundCloud, I had like 100,000 plays. And I was like, wow, you know, that to me shocked me. I never had anything reach those heights. And then I was putting out like, different like remixes not even mashups just like remixes of songs that I would produce and they started to pop off like I did a remix of One Thing by Marie that took off like it got a, lo- a lot of love from like the selection crew and everything um so I was kind of going on that like Kate selection kind of route on SoundCloud so I was like dang like SoundCloud's really fucking with me so good but again I wasn't really delving too deep into that bag because I was so focused on film school yeah. full sale was no joke Okay, I, I was going to go, I was going to apply for a uh, full sale after I finished my two year, I got my associates and I was like, I think I want to go for music. My, I always wanted to be an A&R. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to uh, full sale, but I didn't. And sometimes I hear stories. <laughs> I see you shaking your head like, mm. And I love full sale and there's no shade to them. They will always, they've done a lot for me and I will always do a lot for them. But I also have to be real. I mean, just is what, what it is. Listen, this is what Ryan out loud is a safe Period. Space. It's Talk out loud. Thing. I'm going to speak it. But yes, from my perspective, and this has nothing to do with necessarily full sale anyway. Um, it's just a couple of different schools yeah. um, that deal with music. When it comes to, especially the business side, I would say you have to weigh it like this. All right, so you're going to full sale for to learn music business to hopefully be an A and R in the music industry, whatever. That's the pro. The con is unless you have a bunch of scholarships, which I don't even think full sale really gives out, is you're probably gonna be paying ninety three thousand mm. dollars to one hundred eight thousand dollars for a twenty month program. Oof. You'd probably have a better chance of like applying at your local studios or doing whatever, whatever, networking and meeting those people and learning from the inside and leveling up instead of $100,000 being on the drain. Because what a lot of people do harp on Full Sail about, and it's not their fault, is that they feel like, oh, if I go to Full Sail, that means I'm automatically going to be in the industry. And it does not work like that. I know a lot of people that I was in class with that had the mentality, and I'm not calling y'all out either because y'all are doing good things now. We've talked about it, so don't come for me. But I could definitely see that they were like skating by in full sale because they felt like, oh, well, as long as I have full sale on my resume, I'll get a job directly out of college. And I'm like, no, because bitches don't give a fuck. You know, they don't. Like, it's all about who you know, unfortunately. But if you play your cards right and you hopefully are a good person and you're humble, I don't even care about that pay your dues bullshit because I don't believe that. But the whole thing of you are truly a nice person and you take your time and you're patient hopefully you know you'll make your way through but yeah so I, i'm glad you didn't go to full sale because you would have been over it you would have been one of those stories I, like know, girl i saw the price i mean like i you know talked to the the the, the mission coordinator and i was like oh i'm already in debt. hell i'm even looking back and thinking now i'm like still in debt i don't think that debt is ever going to come off unless like mm. A million dollars falls in my laps, but do I really want to pay that? Anyways, that's another period. Like, the, mm, sit there. It just is what it is. <laughs> Literally, I just told, I was talking. I I got a new car the other day, and I was like, you know, talking to the deck, you know, the financial the people, whatever. And I was like, I mean, they asked me about my student loans. I was like, I mean, are you going to pay your student loans? And he was like, 
I mean, I have to be honest. I was like, see, thank you. So, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a necessity. Kind of, you know, they way. asked me like, um, what about your student loans? Yeah, what about them? What about them? <laughs> you know, and like, what? Like, this is 2020, 2021, 2022. Like, really? So, leading up <laughs> to that day, and we're talking about November 26th. You did your uh, the never kiss it too much mix, right? Did you looking now here? Let's see. So when everybody hears this, it'll be June. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Right. But right now it's May, so we're uh, <laughs> still a little. We're still in May. But look at this time point in time right now. Looking back, did you think this would be this would happen? The more you would now have songs with fat joe diddy you know cleared songs with Rihanna, you know like that whole and your first ep like how do you feel i'm jumbling my words because i'm like i get just Uh watching being able to witness your journey and to see where you're at now like did you think you because i've heard other interviews you said you went to sleep right or something you like just you know how people just drop something on the timeline like okay Mm -hmm. i do the same Mm -hmm. my podcast episode i'm like Okay. Okay. You just put it out to the world. But you know, like, let me just put it out there. Somebody will hear it. Right. But like, you just went on about your day, correct? Yes. So this is such a fun story to tell because it always, like I said, it makes me sit back and truly reflect. And it's fun to say it out loud. Like, oh, this actually really happened. But, uh, you know, 20, so I kind of got to start back a little bit. Yes, 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 yes. So once I graduated Full Sail, um, I wanted to move to LA. I was like, you know what? I already have a little bit of a support system through my, my SoundCloud. I had kind of gone a, a viral a couple of times on Twitter. Like I did this um, Beyonce and Jay-Z mashup album that they heard, and they were going to do it on their tour and stuff. So like there was a lot of really great momentum that I already had yeah. so I was like okay I'm ready to go to LA like I want to be a trailer editor that's what I wanted to do so in 2019 I took the big trek from Philadelphia to LA I drove with a good friend of mine Jahari White shout out to Jahari White Hi, Jahari. Jay Willow he just performed with Doja Cat at Coachella oh wow yes I think I saw that on his timeline mm-hmm. amazing amazing he's an incredible person we this was our first time like really hanging out like I met him like once before like through a mutual friend I was wow. like okay. he had told me he loves LaRoe trips and I was like yo like you seem like a real cool person don't be a serial killer but just get in my car let's go like we'll really get to know each other like you know it'll be an experience yes. and we drove 42 47 hours however long it was and basically my LA experience was the worst experience of my entire life Really, and I've I've heard clips of you know you in interviews you've mentioned that wow it's so bad it was so bad like it chokes me up just thinking about it because speaking really candidly the day that I was moving out from Philly to LA was the day that my dad was going to prison and I didn't know like well, we we knew that you know something was going to happen but we didn't realize it was going to happen that quick yeah so um. And we know how they do with the black community. It was some bullshit, you oh, know, the charges or whatever. So like, it's really dumb. They tried to make an example out of him with the the justice system compared to the white people. Of course. So you know, they get no time. He got ten years. So it was just really hard because as I literally get in the car, 
to go off my brother is calling me like oh they picked my dad they picked our dad up and I'm like oh god so this is the last time I'm literally seeing my dad for a while because I'm gonna be in LA so I was like whatever though like you know god is good you know whatever like shit's gonna work out you know my dad's a trooper so literally this is how I knew shit was gonna be because <laughs> the first day I got to LA we got there like really late at night and we don't got no street cleaning laws where I was from or whatever like that was not a thing I grew up in the suburbs I parked the car and I was so fucking tired like I was driving pretty much straight there and you know I go into the place that I'm staying it's a family friend of my dad's which I should have known was bullshit and (laughs) you know it's this like little duplex place the room that I'm in is like a closet space basically it's like one twin cot there's no air conditioning it's just horrific but you know what I'm grateful because I'm like you know what humble beginnings I'm in LA I come out the next day to go, you know, to my car to go drive somewhere to go meet a friend or something. My car is gone. And I was like, lady, do you know where they probably put my car? She's like, oh, they probably towed it. I was like, what? It's my... They probably towed it. it. So I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, I'm like, where's the closest tow yard? I go to the closest tow yard and I'm like, hey, do y'all have like a red sonata you know that's what i had at the time and they were like yeah it's back here i'm like well this is a misunderstanding okay i literally just moved to la like tonight i did not know about the street cleaning things i was so tired he was like oh that's sad and i was like yo this mother and i i did have like a hard time advocating for myself because i don't like confrontation um, so i was kind of just like whatever and i was like well well it can't be that long it was only like an hour that was in there how much would it be to get out he was like oh five hundred dollars and i was like what so I called my mom. I'm crying at this point. I'm really on in tears. Like, mom, you know, they five hundred. I don't have five hundred dollars. Yeah. I'm broke. Like, you know, I didn't have a job or anything yet. So whatever, we got that out. But one, I was the type of person. And judge me if you want. Never. Because looking back, girl, what was I thinking? Understood. But I was the type of person where I took on a lot of shit, like I said, because I didn't like confrontation, but I also thought paying your dues was supposed to be a thing. And I'm looking back, fuck that shit. Fuck that paying your dues shit, because I put myself through so much to hopefully get to a place where I wanted to be in this industry and a career, and it was just not working. I, because gas was so much, and nobody would fucking hire, hire me for some reason, maybe because I never had a job, I don't know. Starbucks didn't hire me. Amazon didn't hire me. None of these bitches will hire me. It just, it was not panning yeah, out. Amazon be hired. They hire everybody. everybody. I was like, bitch, I was oh. applying to every single division. They were not hiring me. Target would not hire me. Walmart would not hire me. Target, I was like, bitch. But, you know, I had a lot of great interviews with like actual trailer companies that, you know, the trailers and, you know, I would walk there because gas is so expensive. I don't want to be asking my family for money because I came out here on my own as my decision. Let me see what I could do and make it work. Yeah. I would walk to these job interviews that were like two and a half hours away in LA. I would walk by myself in Los Angeles. Okay. In LA, and I, so let me, LA. I've never been, right? I'm due to come out there like this fall. I might do a birthday trip and Should. come out there. And well, I always hear, you know, you hear the stories and you hear the like, so I, you leaving Philly going over there and experience doing everything you're going through was it like you were like oh girl I gotta go it wasn't even that per se because I'm like 
this is where I want it to be. Right. Okay. And I know that once I get over the hump, it's going to be a lot easier. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like once you get break through the noise, you should be okay. Um, especially if you have the right support system. But the problem was I wasn't utilizing my support system at all because I felt like, oh, you know, I need to be a man and not mm-hmm. ask for help. I'm the same like way. I, said, I hate asking people for help. I Any hated it. Resource, hated it. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I so get I would it. walk to these job interviews and the job interviews would go so well. Like, even though I didn't have like a genuine portfolio, I would do a lot of like fan trailers, but they looked so good. People would think they were real. Or I did like an Aaliyah documentary while I was in full sale when I was bored. Everybody thought that was real. I got a lot of great, you know, love from a lot of people that knew her and everything. And so that was great. I did a Rihanna documentary. She loved it. it like, so I'm like, all right, so clearly there's an audience for what I'm doing. And so somebody's watching. Just right. Like so I would get those job interviews and it would go so well. It would be like, I made it. And they weren't even for like being an editor. It'd be like for being a PA. But at that point, bitch, I just need money. And that's where I wanted to be. Right. But it would be between me and one other person. And I would always lose it because they had like an actual resume so that sucked and then it was like um there was something I feel like see you know I'll I, I be blocking shit out but basically the lady that I was living with bless her heart bless her heart and because I'm such a nice person I don't like to air her out but it's one of those times where I feel like it she was not giving. She was not giving. Let me just say that. She just was not giving. Yeah. And it was like, she was not a nice person. I don't and care what she says. A family friend, right? A family friend. She was not a nice person. I gave her so much grace because that's just who I am. But, you know, the place that we were in, I guess she was airbnb like other people's rooms out in her house, whatever, to like people that would come over from overseas or whatever. But, bitch, I'm... I was minding my business. I was not worried about them. And the thing was about her house was that it was like one floor and I'm trying to give the layout right so people have a vision. But let me just say, there's the kitchen, there's okay. a bathroom, and then there's my room. Wow. So in order to get through my room, I have to go through the bathroom. The bathroom, right, right, right. And that bathroom is like a shared bathroom. So whoever's living in like the other rooms has to use that bathroom. So besides you, so you, so was there more than just you and her, right? Or did like, this- well, yeah, because they were just coming in and out. Like people stay for like two days, three days, three weeks, but I wasn't worried about them because I was always out looking for a job. Okay. You were always going. Yeah. 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 I was always going to look for a job. So one of those times, I don't know, maybe I was home one of those days. And I guess somebody from overseas, bless her heart too, they were using the shower or whatever. And they were worried. They didn't know that somebody was in the room. I was never, I knocked on the door because I heard them in the shower or whatever. I just wanted to let them know, like, hey, I'm in here. So when you come out or whatever, like, you won't be startled that there's, like, somebody over here. And they made a whole hoopla about it. Mind you, I was still in my room. They made a whole hoopla, whatever. They were like, da-da-da. So it's just like, you know, people are complaining. They're scared. They don't know who you are. And they feel like you might be, like, watching them or something. I'm like, bitch, I'm not trying to see nobody. I'm especially not trying to see no woman. I am gay. Yeah. Okay? So, like, what is let's be don't, clear don't flatter yourself you you could be very pretty all you want but i'm not trying to see ass tits so i have to acknowledge a beautiful black woman but let's absolutely not absolutely let's not push it so her solution was not even telling me was to put a lock on my door from the outside so that way when someone was using that shared bathroom they could lock my door just uh-uh. in the off case that i could come out and what they were supposed to do is unlock it when they're done Mind you, we're on the second floor. So 
had a huge job interview this one day, huge job interview. I remember waking up and I was like, you know what? I'm sweating like a sweat box. There's no AC, but I'm gonna take this nice shower. I'm gonna get ready and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna kill it. It was like an hour and a half walk. So I knew I had to be up there early. I go to open my door, the door don't open. I'm like, girl, what? I'm opening, I'm trying to open the door. I said, let me just, let me just call her. She's not answering. I don't have anybody else's number in this house. They're not even home. So I'm just knocking, 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 knocking out that nothing's happening. I'm like, yo. Finally, she texts me. She's like, oh, I'm at church. And I was like, okay, well, the door is locked. Well, I'm at church and I'm helping out. So I'll be home in like three hours. You have and interview. I was like, you got shit to do. I have do. an interview, but also, I have to go to the bathroom. I have to yeah, eat. Well, yeah, most importantly, I have you to know, go- like, I'm a human. Like, I need to eat. Like, I need to make a, some oodles and noodles, something. So I don't know how I did it, but I waited. I waited. I said, you know what? This better not happen again. I said, I'm going to give her one time. I'll give her one time. One time. Jesus. And I, I remember calling my brother. I was crying. I said, it's such a big interview. I'm going to have to cancel, reschedule. And that's unprofessional. In LA, that is it. Exactly. I understand. So I was like, whatever. So I told her, I said, look, she was like, yeah, my bad. And I, you know, whatever, you know, I put the lock on there because people was worried. I said, we well, need to tell them to not be doing that. She's like, okay, okay. The next day, literally the next day, happens again. And it is locked. And you know what she tells me again? She's at church and she's going on a trip. And she's not going to be back for like eight hours. Okay, hold on. We gonna, y'all, we gonna put, we, we have to continue this story. We're going to pause. There's more with Amorphous coming up. I got to, we got to. <laughs> Cliffhanger, it's giving girlfriends. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to come right back, right now loud. Amorphous, this interview, we're getting to the goods. Good, good. Just stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. All right, y'all, we're back. Welcome back to Ryan Out Loud here with the one and only Morpheus. Welcome back. And we're going to jump right back into this story, y'all, because we got to, we're, we are listening. You are, if you're listening previously, we are listening to his journey and how we got to November 26th. So take it over. Talk, talk. (laughs) Okay. So recap where we left off was I was locked in my room for the second time, you know, and it was just not giving. So I said, you know what? I'm about to freak out. Because not, not only am I worried about the fact that I need to go to the bathroom, I can't even do that. I'm like, this is a fire hazard, lady. I have no uh, How many days? She's going to be gone for a couple days, she said? Well, she said she's going to be gone for eight hours, but that's eight still hours. way too long. Girl, that's like, I don't, in okay. this little rinkety hut, no. Like, I can't. Because I'm like, I need to get out. Like, yes. out of here. like, I can't jump off out the window and break my knees so I can't move. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So... I literally, I called my brother and I was like, James, that's my brother's name. The James, you need to, you need to help. Like what is going on? I'm about to lose my mind. I was like, I'm about to kick the door down. He's like, no, 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 don't do that. I said, I'm about to kick the, kick the door down because I've like, no, this should not be happening. This is wrong. Reach your boiling point. Like, yeah, child, I kicked that door straight down in one Very kick. Good. I said, well, bump, kick down your door is a smack, your chick. Okay. That's what it was given. <laughs> I was like, all right. I, I kicked down that door. And I didn't even look. I just walked through. I walked through, did my business, got up and went out the house. And I knew when she came back, she was going to have something to say. And I did not care. What did she even, I'm sorry to cut you. What did she, mm-hmm. how does that even like, how does a human even 
how do you even think that is like okay like what's wrong with her you would think you would think you would be like okay even if you weren't here you need to tell any of them other motherfuckers that are living up in this house to get their ass back and unlock the door you have their numbers that's like that's not okay especially because i've given so much to her already that's not even on top of the fact that right after that and this is how much grace i gave this lady this all has to do with november 26th i swear all right thank you this is little boy from and whatever he was like 15 so if you're listening little boy no shade to you whatever i hope you're well i guess but <laughs> you know what i'm saying is this little kid came over from the netherlands and it was the sketchiest thing i ever heard in my life she was like yeah his family you know bought him a flight from the netherlands to la he, you know they want him to pursue his baseball career in la or whatever and um you know he, they were looking for a cheap place for him to live with or stay so i told them that i would take care of him and stuff and i was like okay yeah, so okay. i was like whatever but at the time because i didn't realize you know i thought i was staying there for free because the family friend that's what my dad told me which i should have never listened to him so obviously i'm trying to give her as much grace as possible because it's like you know that's nice of her it'll be like you know i'm letting you make your way until you can get on your feet yeah so just remember one time she asked and she's like oh can you take him like baseball practice or whatever around the school? you know i have something to do i was like oh of course that's not a problem and i take him to his baseball practice and i go and i pick him up after he was done and his little boy's on the sidewalk crying and i'm like ah oh, like i feel so bad i'm like what's going on so, you know i go over and i talk to him. he's like you know you know i almost said her name let me not air her out but you know this lady she's so mean she's so mean i was like ah. Oh. Like I felt bad because clearly it was like a cultural difference too. You know, he just wasn't used to it and in yeah, a new place. Yeah. I'm like, yo, like this is a kid by himself. Like he don't got nobody. But of course, by me being like that person, mind you, I'm broke. You know, I take him out to get something to eat to cheer him up. Wow. I spent all my money in my account. Okay, I had like twenty dollars. So I was like, here, just get something to eat. So I established a connection with him, but it was like not the connection that I wanted to establish. Because now he's looking at me like, oh, I'm his caretaker, or I'm like his big brother. Okay. And you know, little kids, they like to play, and they like to play with you. He don't know me. He he has no obligation to treat me with respect or nothing. Right. So, you know, I had promised him I would take him to Santa Monica, whatever, like, just cheer him up. I felt really, really bad, and I didn't know what was going on. It felt really sketchy as a situation. I'm like, it didn't even sound like he was here legally. I think he was. But, you know, I was just like, let oh, me just, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I take him to Santa Monica or whatever. And I had realized that I, like, forgot my key or whatever. Or I thought I did. I think he honestly took it as a joke. Um, And I'm like, you know, we're out at Santa Monica. I'm getting him pizza. We're having a good time. He's But he's being, like, a 50-year-old now. He's thinks he's a 15-year-old grown man. He's like, well, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm like, well, we can't go here. We can't go there. Like, I'm telling you no because my phone's almost dead. We need to stay in the same area so that way we can catch an Uber hump. He's like, whatever. So he just runs off by himself. And I'm like, okay, am I about to play catch a child today? A 15-year-old at that, A 15-year-old, right? like, Ooh. am I about to do this? But I'm like, again, I'm worried because I'm like, no. you know, he's a 15-year-old. He don't know what he's doing. He think he know better. So I'm like, my phone is 5%, 4%, 3%, 2%. I'm like, if I don't find this, we're not getting home, you know? Because we're not going to walk home six hours. That's ridiculous. I have no way to contact nobody. His phone, he don't know who to call. He's not going to let me use his phone either because he's an asshole. 
So finally I find him. He's like, oh, he's on the phone talking real loud to some friend. I finally get the Uber. My phone was on like 1%. I got in to get in. He's he rolling the window down. Blah, 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 blah. The Uber driver is like, <laughs> yo, I'm like, I'm looking at him like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we get back to this dungeon. And, you know, I'm looking through my pockets. Like, I know I have my key. I don't have my key. And he's like, oh, you forgot your key? And I was like, I mean, clearly, but you have a key, right? So you open the door. He's like, well, I'm not opening it because we had to leave Santa Monica and I didn't want to leave. You ran off. Oh. I was like, so he shot the, he shot the stance to me. Now, now, now the black coming out of me now. Okay. Now I'm like, now I'm like, you gotta be like, I'm from Philly. Don't play with me, little nigga. I will fuck you up. Like <laughs> I've, I've had the, I've been so patient with you. I've done everything, and it's just not given. So oh. he has us. We gonna add it. We gonna add it. We gonna add it. Finally, he opens the door. It took me like 40 minutes. I'm like, this is like this is unnecessary. Like, cause I don't want to put my hands on you. Cause once I do, you're gonna be on the ground. It's gonna be a problem. Like- and you're a child. Yeah, I don't know you, so I don't want your family to press charges against me. Because who knows what he's going to say. But I'm like, all this stuff is transpiring. And I'm like, my mentality was, I was so depressed. At this point, I gave, I was done. And this is early 2020, correct? 2019. This is 2019. And you know, I'm hanging, I'm going to certain events. And people are like, oh, yeah, you're amorphous. Like, oh, yeah, shit must be so sweet. Like, "Mm mm-hmm. And I'm like, girl. You don't know what I'm. You don't know. You don't know the half of it. And so it all came to a head, my LA journey. You know, I'm definitely skipping over shit, but whatever. That's for the documentary one day or the biopic. And <laughs> it was February 2020. So right before, you know, the pandemic hit. Yeah. And my mom had a really bad seizure. She had she has epilepsy, and it's something that I've had to deal with with her for a very long time. And she ended up, my brother called me. He was like crying. He was like, you know, your mom, we have separate moms, so no life support. And I was like, what? She's alive. Everyone's spoiler. She's alive. Everything's fine now. But That's mind you, me being so far away and also dealing with the year that I was dealing with and yeah, the environment that I was life. in, I mean, and I, it takes a lot for me to cry about my own situation. I'll cry about everybody else, whatever. But for me, I don't cry about my own stuff. I just burst in tears. I was like, Lord, I'm about to lose my mama. I'm like, this is not, I'm broke. You know, at this point, I'm trying to pay this lady um but I was like you know what I don't want to be here no more so I don't want to live with this lady no more but I was like I have some friends I'm going to ask for help and if she gives me a couple days so I go out to her I'm like hey you know I know you don't want me in this house I don't want to be here either I said my life my mom is on life support if you just give me till Friday you know to get my stuff together and get out I'm talking to my family I'm talking to my friends trying to figure out she's like nope give me your keys get out and I was like okay so got out and I ended up staying with a really good friend of mine um for about a week but I didn't even want to tell her the whole situation that I had no other option because I was so embarrassed so when by the time they were kind of like uh what's going on I was just like oh I'll just leave so at this point my phone was broken somehow I think I like dropped it or something my laptop I didn't have no charger because LA they don't got no outlets you can't charge your shit nowhere (sighs) so I was just like you know what I'm about to just get on the highway and drive east or west or wherever the fuck it was taking me to Orlando. Cause I've been in a relationship for eight years and my boyfriend lived in Orlando. That's, you know, we went to um, 
he's from Jacksonville. So when I was in school, you know, we kind of lived together. I'm like, I don't want to go back home to Philly because I don't really care for my family right now. I love them, but mm, it's too much. I'm going to just go back to Orlando. That was kind of like my happy place. So as I'm on the road, you know, my older sister, she actually came through and I, I heard that my mom got off life support. Mm. And at this point, my brother already knew the situation. So my mom knew because, you know, they're going to tell my mom. And she's like, what's going on? You can't be doing this. So she gives me all her savings. Oh, bless you know, all her savings to get me there, which wasn't a lot, but it was something. Yeah. Um, and I drove by myself from L.A. to Orlando without stopping. Like, I did not stop to take a nap. I was too worried. I was too scared. No, I am. Like, when I, I took a little break in El Paso and I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm going to keep driving. I, I could I couldn't. No, 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 no. I was like, it's not giving. So this was February or early March. I'm back in Orlando now. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just get a regular job. And I'm going to try LA again on my own terms without the little girl that I was staying with, the lady or my, any of my dad's BS. Yeah, fuck her. Sorry. <laughs> hey i ain't say it whatever i'll say it because no it's just ridiculous so i'm in orlando with my boyfriend and we're like you know we're trying to figure out a plan you know getting a job you know whether i'm working at cbs wherever i don't care i just need income job yeah then it's like i see the movies starting getting delayed and then it's like the shutdown start happening and it's like mm-hmm. covid is this big thing now i was extremely high risk at the time I was dealing with a heart condition so i'm like I can't be outside then. Yeah. Like, especially in Florida, they don't, yes. they, they don't care. So I'm like, you know, if, whether I'm working at a Walmart, Target, Target, wherever, bitch, I'm probably gonna catch the shit and it ain't gonna work. So I was like, I can't get no job. I'm just not gonna do it to myself because it's either <laughs> sick here and just have to, you know, have my boyfriend work his ass off for a minute, I don't know, yeah, or yeah. die. So I'm like, you know, that was a point of contention between us for a little bit because I was hard on him. Like he was, you know, it's hard to take care of two people, but, you know, yeah. I'd shout him out because he did it. So that was depressing that summer 2020. I was like, oh, my God, like, what is happening? This is life, I know. <sighs> and then September, my grandfather passed away. And that oh. was a big, yeah. like, thank you. That was a big, you know, dent to my family because that left me with only one surviving grandparent. So I was like, oh, my gosh, so I got to go up there for the funeral. The funeral was so sad. It, sucked so bad Mm -hmm. because you know my dad is in prison so they they wouldn't even let him out to go see him because of covid COVID, to the funeral yeah so that was hard to deal with so at this point this but this all leads up to my mentality in october and november of 2020 you know for some reason like i I was putting mashups and stuff out like i said over time like i had kind of garnered a little bit of a um support system like i had that September, I did like a Beyonce and Kachanada album. Child, that was a mess because they ended up snatching that shit the fuck down. Mm, you know, part on my band can't, which didn't, I don't think it was them though, because like when I did the Beyonce and Jay Z album, they kept it up. Yeah, right. So I was like, mm. you know, they took my whole band camp down. And that was like how I made donations. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't even like everything was free. People were just donating to me. But whatever. So my source of income is down. Now I'm like, shit, I'm real broke. Like, I don't got nothing to lose. And I think it was my brother. Somebody was like, you know, you should be using TikTok. And I was like, child, fuck TikTok. I don't know how to use that shit. You well, said, you know what? Well, let me just try to, like, do a little something over here. So I started putting, making mashups, like, every other day. Or I was just, like, posting mashups that I made years ago that didn't get much love. Yeah. So I was posting them on TikTok. I was posting them on Instagram. I was posting them on Twitter. And I was starting to go, like, real hard. 
and I wasn't thinking anything of it. It wasn't of like, oh, I'll blow up off of it. This it was just like, hopefully people will hear what you know I hear. They'll think it's dope, and like maybe it'll come up with like some kind of like maybe opportunity. But I wasn't necessarily thinking like it's going to blow me up. So I'm doing that just while I'm in Philly, and I'm seeing like steadily I'm gaining some traction. You know, I'm going from like 2,000 followers that I've had for like 10 years to like, you know, 2,500 like 3,000. Okay, this is dope. So then I put out, like, Ariana had just dropped her Positions album. I love that album. I was listening to it through. And I was like, you know, this would sound really good with, like, a 2000 sound. So I did, like, this, like, mashup of um, Ariana's Motive and Nelly Furtado and Timbaland's Promiscuous. Yes. That was before Never Too Much. This is the one that real pop- really popped off. Um, and I put that out on TikTok, and it just blew up on TikTok, Twitter, everywhere. I mean, it was everywhere. Then the next day I did one with like Sierra's Body Party in an Ariana song and that blew up. So, I mean, that was getting like millions of views. Mm -hmm. So my TikTok started blowing up. My Instagram started blowing up. My Twitter was definitely blowing up. TikTok the time of day. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. But you know, I was like, whatever. I guess I wasn't equating it to the mashup formula. You know what I mean? I didn't really know how to really brand that but i just i think he was just taking videos on my damn self and just putting music over top of it so i don't know how it happened but it did it worked and then like i just started dropping shit like back to back to back to back on twitter specifically at this point so i did like chloe and hallie mashups and everything and this was just stuff that was just coming to my brain i was just bored i had nothing else to do and you could see like each video would get like you know a thousand likes and it would get like two thousand likes and people were seeing it because of the consistency so by this point, like celebrities were already responding. Like Chloe and Holly, I responded. They were like, yo, this is fire and everything. Oh, then November 26th comes. And this is such a crazy story because sometimes it feels like it wasn't real because November 26th was Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, yeah. And I was so sad. I'm like, damn, you know, I wish I was in Philly because I want that damn food. <laughs> that Thanksgiving, you know, you know, Black Thanksgiving meal. And I was like half sleep. I remember being half sleep in the morning mm-hmm. and I was in like this like kind of like dream state. You know, I have very, very vivid dreams. And there was me, it was of me and my dad. We were in the car because I used to take a lot of road trips with my dad when I was younger. And his favorite artist is Luther Vandross. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's James Brown. It's one of the two. And <laughs> I don't know why, but I was hearing um, Never Too Much like the instrumental was playing on the car radio as me and my dad were talking and i started to hear the guitar from kiss it better over it like as it was playing on the radio like it was getting played and when i woke up like it was in my head but i'm like that's not gonna work like they're in two completely different keys like i'm gonna have to do some engineering shit to make it sound natural or whatever but i was like what if i do do it's gonna slap not for it to blow up or anything. I was like, I'm going to love that. My dad is going to love it. When he comes out of prison or whatever, and I tell, show him this, he's going to be like, oh, I told you to make that old school remixes. So whatever. I was like, let me get up and make this little video. Get up on Twitter. Or yeah, I get up on my Ableton thing. I make the little mashup. I film it and I post it on Twitter. You know, I title it like I title all the rest of them. And I went to sleep. I'm tired. Regular day, yeah. Regular ass day. I'm like, it's no different than any of the last two, three weeks that I've had. Like, this is I was not expecting that one to blow up. Like, people are going to be like, yo, that's cute. That's genius. I took a, a nap for like three hours. And I'm waking up and my phone is literally like about to fry. <laughs> and 
And I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? And I'm looking and it's like, John Legend is in my comments. You know, all these beautiful people are in my comments. And it's like, I'm looking at the the likes and it's like 15,000 likes. I'm like, okay, that's crazy. Then an hour later, it's like, 20,000 likes. 20,000, okay. And I'm like, oh, and it's my face because I feel like a lot of the problem was even though I was going viral for my maps just in the past, people didn't know it was me doing it. It didn't equate it to me. So by me constantly being popping up on everybody's timeline, you know, it's like you couldn't escape me. You know, it was like, here's this little light-skinned nigga. Y'all just gonna have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was really overwhelmed by just like all the love that I was getting that day but because I had like a back catalog of stuff people were scrolling through my timeline and seeing like oh this wasn't just a fluke you know it wasn't just like he didn't just get lucky this is nothing new yeah right like he has an ear so this is happening okay right so I'm like I'm not even gonna let this moment be the end moment so I'm just dropping more and more and more so now I'm getting even more love from like Jasmine Sullivan Janet Jackson I'm tagging all these people and so that was a crazy time period because it was like I went from having like 3,000, 4,000 followers to like 70,000 in a week. In a week? I was like, damn. When I, I didn't, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I want to just make a distinction. I don't look at them as followers. I look at them as supporters. I, I you know say what I mean? Those are friends. I would say my right. friends. Right. Yeah. Because without them, I would not have the creative license to do what I'm doing now at the ease that I'm doing it now in this industry you know without that support without a lot of people rallying behind me being like yeah we see you this wouldn't have happened the way that it has happened so yeah I was just kind of everywhere and I was like damn and it just happened and so moving so you is that because I always laugh at by that time I was watching you know watching your following grow and you I had adapt adopted you as my as nephew I was like I forget I was like Hey, yo, let my nephew do his thing. And I'm like, you know, you don't even know who you, you know, <laughs> at the time, you know, your Twitter was blowing up. So I'm like, you didn't know who I was. But I, from that moment, I was like, Thank you're you. onto something. You're onto something. And I remember laughing when, you know, the news, you announced that, you know, uh, Diddy and uh, DJ Cat Labor, uh, D- not DJ, oh my God, Fat Joe was going <laughs> to, I'm going to get my names and I get it. I get it. I forgive me. I uh, was going to do the single, and they were like, uh-uh, don't mess with <laughs> Let me tell you, let me tell you, hold on. You were on. like, hold up. Let, right. let me let me get there, let me get there, let me get there. Thank you. Let me get there, because we're going to get, mm. uh, Twitter, I have some words for Twitter, for real. So, when Fatcho reached out to me, this was like right before the Oprah thing happened, which was crazy. Yes, Oprah. How do I even forget to write that down? That was a mess. That was a mess. That was a lot going on. I was just, I didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, okay, this is all happening. Am I being hacked or is this like... Seriously. Yeah, yeah. But I checked my Instagram request just off the off chance. Like, I I was on some T-Pain shit. I never checked my Instagram request because people be weird at my Instagram request. (laughs) But it was like December 4th or December 3rd or something like that. And I checked it and Fat Joe was in my Instagram request. And he was like, yo. <laughs> and so I'm like, it's probably okay. like spam or something. Maybe he got it wrong or whatever. I see it's a verified check. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Let me just respond. Who knows? Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I was like, hey, hey. And he was like, yo, yo, give me a call. Or like, what's your number? And I was like, 
Um, <laughs> I was like, what the hell does Fat Joe want to talk to me for? I was very confused. I had no idea what it was going to be. Right. I'm like, maybe he wants me to like DJ a show or something. I don't know. So, you know, I gave him my number and it's immediately a FaceTime. <laughs> I was like, you, oh, got to get red. Like, hold on. I was like, like oh, I said, let me get him out the bed. I said, hold on. Let me get hold the on, light. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so I pick up the FaceTime. And you know, he's been half looking in it like I know, I was like, hold on, I was like, this is whatever. <laughs> and then he I, I can barely see him because he's in like he's outside on his little like you know patio thing in the dark oh, yeah, in yeah. Miami with the fireplace. You know, he living it big. Yeah, he's like, yo, yo, King, what's up, amorphous young legend? Uh yo, that that Luther, that Rihanna. That's fire, bro. Like, uh, you a genius. You a young genius. Yo, uh, we was inspired to, uh, you know, make something of that. So we, we wanted to turn that into a record. Okay? We wanted to turn that into a record. So, hold on. I'm, I, let me go in the studio. Let me go in the studio for you. Wait, how old are you? How old are you? I'm like, I'm 22, 20, whatever how old I was. He's like, oh, I thought you was like 15. I'm like, no, bro, no, I'm a grown man. He's like, oh, okay. So he, <laughs> he's like, you know, he goes to the studio. He's like, well, let, let, play this. Cool and Dre, play it. So they play Sunshine. And I'm like, what? I'm like, yo, it's Patrick. He's spitting over, you know, the, the, the mashup that I did. And I was like, wow. And then he turns the camera and it's DJ Khaled. You know, he comes up in the room. He's like, yo, they talk the damn same. He's like, yo, Yo, amorphous, like, yeah, we got a hit, we got a hit, you know, another one. I'm like, okay, but you know what I did? You know what I did? I pushed record. It's no shade to nobody. No, no, no shade to or nobody. I was like, I do with anything, but I was like, you know, I just had to make sure that they was being real. Yes. And a little did I know they was recording it anyway on the end. So I was like, I didn't really have to find, but I was just protecting myself. Oh, yeah. You know? And so smart. That was um that was an experience. I didn't know what to do. And he was like, you know, we're going to get this cleared. He was like, we're going to get this cleared with Ree. I'm cool with Ree. You know, the Luther thing might be a little bit more difficult. We're going to get it cleared. And my manager at the time, because I got in management like two weeks before I blew up, actually, which was so Mark. funny. So it wasn't okay. even because of them. Like, I got management, um, you know, and they, my managers at the time were really close to Luther's estate. Oh, wow. So oh, we had that leverage first, right? mm-hmm, on our side. So like, you know, there's a whole other story that I'm gonna have to wait to tell because it's too early with some behind the scenes stuff with that song. But that'll happen for another day in the documentary. Um, but everything worked out the way it was supposed to. You know, I got my lawyer, you know, I did everything I was supposed to do. So when I announced, you know, when we announced the song, we had shot the video and everything, like you said, Twitter was like oh no his career is over this that i was like girl but what bothered me about that was it wasn't even that i actually have to speak about something because it was traumatic that i that i dealt with so you know i've not everybody knows this but i feel like i've been pretty open with my sexual assault experiences when i was young you know i was sexually assaulted from when i was like four to twelve so when that happened when we posted that picture of like all of us together like a lot of people were making like rape jokes really mm-hmm. so like a lot of people were quoting it and it was like they were getting like a lot of like virality off them too they were like oh yeah he's probably getting like raped and gang banged or something oh my and God. i'm like okay that's not funny in any kind of 
whatever but it was also really triggering yes and i'm like this is a big moment for me like y'all don't know what i was doing like y'all think y'all always think somebody's stupid like i've done the research i know how to protect myself like Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to throw anybody in those pictures under the bus but let's just say people do have a track record but at Mm -hmm. the end of the day i know how to protect myself i have a family that supports me and i get that everyone was looking out for their best interest but it was bothering me how everyone was like oh he's over and i'm like Y'all don't know what I've done. You don't, and I, for my point, I remember commenting and I, com, you know, on your tweet, and I was like, "Hey, I support this as long as nephew is good." Taking care I, of, yeah, that's. I remember legit. I was like, because, hey, like I said, I adopted you as my nephew. I was like, long as nephew is good. I and you, you. I remember you tweeted. You were like, you tweeted. I was like, y'all appreciate the love. I'm good. But to know that other side, because then you, th- that's another thing. This is mm. Twitter. They really take things to an extreme. Like I love Twitter. I've like I literally didn't get hooked on Twitter until like the pandemic, mm-hmm. like being home and everything, and then starting my podcast. So that's how mm-hmm. that formed. But mm-hmm. sometimes they really take it there, and I I am so sorry that I, wow. it was really traumatic, and I didn't I know didn't, who I to run to. Imagine. Let me not let me rephrase. My I felt word. like they were going to stop the bag too, because it's like you're making these jokes. I'm dealing with several heterosexual men you know what i mean like this is honestly kind of crazy that me this little gay ass boy is working with all these men you know what i mean so like in hip-hop you know what i mean like so i'm like i don't need y'all being weird on these comments or on twitter and like have them back out of it because it's like uh you know like that was just really bothering me but i did appreciate the people that were concerned like just being like hey like make sure you got your lawyer and stuff but it was just the side of Twitter that was also like trying to be like, oh, he made the worst decision of his career. He's over. And I'm like, y'all don't know the thing because thing. like I said, the story of Sunshine will come out one day. We'll but I it. had to I had to fight, you know what I mean, for what I deserve. And I did. And I got everything that I needed. I got, you know, all of my royalties, all that stuff. Like it wasn't a problem, you know, uh-huh. and I got a co-artist credit. I love you know that. what I mean so like in a video I, as well we, yeah I should have been in there more but whatever um <laughs> but yeah like you know I it wasn't just featuring amorphous or whatever like it was fat joe dj Khaled, and amorphous mm-hmm. so like I'm getting I took care of everything and I made sure my idea of approaching sunshine was I knew that it wasn't gonna be my only hit hopefully in life but I had to approach it as if it was gonna be like a one-hit wonder situation because you just never know. never know so i'm like i need to make sure that this record if it blows up or becomes a hit who knows what it's gonna do but i'm getting paid off of it for the rest of my life so that was a thing and so obviously you know lawyers and all that stuff but you know all of us we reached an agreement me joe and, and kyle and everything and everything was fine you know ever since i've seen them we did the video shoot it's been love and it's been cool but it was just like I knew I had to fight to do that because I'm going against these heavyweighters in the industry, but I let them just punk me. So <laughs> I got what I needed and everything has been great. And I love, I'm not, not to cut you off. I love mm-hmm. how you, earlier you said you're not, you don't like confrontation. I, I, no, I don't. I'm the same I don't like confrontation. not like confrontation, but you stood up for yourself and you made sure Absolutely. you exactly and everything that you deserve. I, mm-hmm. I love that. And what we're going to do is cut it off here. We're going to stop <laughs> right here. And then that part three, we're going to jump into part three and jump into yes. amorphous though. The things take shape. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about the future. So mm-hmm. y'all right now, listeners, you don't want to miss what's next. We will be right back. Yes.
Okay, and we are back. Amorphous, Ryan out loud. We are here. This is part three. We are getting the goods, the details. <laughs> now we are starting off. First of all, congratulations on your first EP. Thank you. Take shape. And the title, to me, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right? Like trusting the process, uh, patience, all of that. Things, it takes shape. And it took shape and on your first EP. Like, I'm just going to name the three because they're my favorites. Yes. Brandy, K- Kalani, and Kelly Rowland mm-hmm. on your debut EP. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Project <laughs> off with the iconic, with the legendary Brandy, the wave. That is mm-hmm. like, that's from the moment that dropped, I was like, yo. Talk about that. Tell us like your your mind, right? Because I know like going into this, you're like, okay, you are a fan, A. B, you're like, okay, then it's got to be the, perf- you know, like you got to, okay, let me act accordingly, right? Like, if mm-hmm. that right. And then you're like, but at the same time, what the fuck? I'm a fan. Like, how is this happening? Talk to us. Let me shut up. Talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, things take shape. I feel like sometimes I don't really give that you know entire record the credit that I think it deserves in my own mind because serves everything of the time period that I was in when I was doing it not that it was a bad time period it was really I was working really hard so it felt kind of like how long alert. did it take you to get that because I feel like when you it not saying things happen quick that was what this your project it'll be it'll be a year right in july july. yeah july 7th so 2021 that last little bit of 2020 into 2021 so you Mm. really like how long did it take you to create this project really like three weeks wow really like three weeks um the only outliers were for the bulk of the project i did it over three weeks um back together with Kehlani we had already done it in like oh, February and then the track that I did with Ray we had a session for that in like May I believe but it wasn't finished yet so finally the wave and then the track with Ko I did it within three weeks um yeah things take shape <laughs> it's just so funny when I talk about it because I'm like I feel like it's been enough time passed but I can really really look at it as a piece of work now because again it felt like I just had to like get shit done you know what I mean and, and that's a big credit to all the collaborators for trusting me in wanting to be willing to be on this project with such a short time frame you know but the wave is such an important record to me and I feel like it's it's a better record for the listener when they understand the story behind it because as I've told you, my biggest producer inspiration when I was little was Timbaland. He's still high up there on the list. And I'm a big fan of like Danger, you know, Timbaland's protege and everything. And my favorite Brandy album actually isn't Afrodisiac. It's Full Moon, but I love Afrodisiac too. So those two albums to me are sonically very similar. Um, And my goal, when I told my manager, I said, look, I want to work with Brandy. That I have to work with Brandy. Like, if it's any way possible, like, let's make it happen. Did, and he I, I had say, did you, like, you sit down and did they say, who do you want to work with? Or I told them, I was like, this is what I want to work with. I was like, I want to work with this person. Da, da, da. Um, 
Period. <laughs> and <laughs> seriously. But yeah, I was like, I want to work with Brandy. Like, I want to at least do a session with Brandy, whether it's for this project or it ends up on her project. Like, I feel like we could really create something really dope. And I had actually had like a bunch of ideas for Brandy. Like that one was obviously the most Timbaland inspired, but I had some more like other ones that were like really, really dope and like, you know, really, really cool. Maybe they'll see the light of day. That's why I'm not going to explain them too much. We'll see. But uh, yeah, the way, (laughs) the inspiration behind it again was like, I always wanted to work with Brandy ever since I was really young. And I was putting myself in the mindset of like, what would four five six year old Jameer create if he had the talent that you have now and he could be in the studio with Brandy and obviously I knew I would want to create something that Timbaland was proud of like, like that would put me on a map of Timbaland and be like yo as if I was his protege so the way it was honestly like an ode to that entire era of music when to I, Timbaland to Danger to all of them when I tell you when I listened to it I was like this gives me like not saying a left up, but like this give me aphrodisiac era. That and that's what I wanted to come off. Like I I wanted it to sound rooted in the stuff that she already did. You know what I mean? And so like I actually, child, I had to like really clock a couple people because you know, sometimes the track sounds like a Timbaland or Danger track, but that was kind of what I was going for. Mm-hmm. I was approaching it from the perspective of like, if I was a part of that camp, if it was me, if it was Timbaland and Danger, and they were like, oh, you want to do a session with Brandy? And it was all three of us, like I would want to have something that was that they would be proud of. And I felt like that was a really great way to approach that record because it was the first track on the EP. It's the first like solo track that I'm kind of putting out other than the single that I had with Keilani. And so even just telling a story, it's like, this is my beginnings. This is the music that I grew up listening to. This is what I wanted to kind of emulate when I was really young. And then as I peel off layers through this project and other projects in the future, you'll hear more of my own sound. So that's where it was coming from. But the, the session that we had together was incredible. It was me, James Fauntleroy, shout out to James Fauntleroy, who's featured, I mean, an incredible talent. And Brandy, and I was so, we have the whole session on video, the whole session. And I was like, I remember because I met James first in the session, he came in the session, you know, James is such a chill person, like he is so chill, like he don't worry about nothing. And we were playing through a couple of the beats I had, you know, for her ready, like for the project. There was one that was like really, really cool that I was like, oh, I feel like Brandy's going to love this one. And there was another one that I was like, she might, it might be a little bit different, but I feel like, you know she would appreciate it. And then there was the wave. And as soon as I played the wave, he was like, nah, we're doing this one today. I was like, okay. Like, I'm gonna trust him. Like, so it was really credit to James for being like, this This direction that we're gonna go in. So it was so funny because I actually had to go to the bathroom when Brandy came in. So I didn't even see her at first. So I go to the bathroom. I wasn't expecting her for her to be there already. So I come back in and Brandy's right there. And she's like, Jameer. And I was like, Oh my god! I was like, "What?" And we gave each other the biggest hug, and she oh was such a ray of light. You know what I mean? Like she is the, in my opinion, you know, it's her and Kelly Rowland. Those are people that I grew up listening to, and have such an admiration and appreciation for, with what they've done for culture and in in music. So to to be in her presence like that was so ridiculous and the words that she told me the words of wisdom that she gave me and the kind words that she gave me was so incredible I remember we sat down right before we started really working we just it was just me and her we were just talking and I was like don't worry about the cameras don't worry about the cameras because this don't even have to come out like it's just I just wanted to capture this for myself to see really and 
she was like, you know, I know you're a big Aaliyah fan. And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, I want to let you know something that she would have loved you. Oh and I was like, and that that almost made me cry so bad because, yeah. you know, I've met a lot of people that work with Aaliyah and they, they said similar stuff, but like to have Brandy Norwood sit there and be like, she would have loved you as a person, not even because of your talent. Just like we had only been in the room for like 45 minutes together. And she was like, you are such a light and you are such a sweetheart and you're making this session the best that it can be just by your energy and you know the fact that someone that I really looked up to as well that's no longer here so if she was still here we all would have been in this session together and I was like wow that is so incredible so she and I mean I don't know if I'm supposed to say this I hope she's not mad at me but I know she doesn't really like to record unless she knows the people you know what I mean that she's in the session with like you know that's you hear that a lot but she went out on a limb to record that that song then and there for me because she knew how to tight timeline so that meant a lot to me because brandy don't do that for nobody yeah you know what i mean the fact that she was like oh you said you got to get this product you got to turn this in when i want to be on this project so we're gonna have to get it done and that's how it was so we we did that record and it was really incredible and actually shout out to beach noise those are the people that mixed the wave they actually produced Kendrick Lamar's new album a huge chunk oh, wow. nice. so while they were working on Kendrick's new album they were taking out time to mix the wave which was crazy to me because I'm like y'all did not have to do that because y'all are working with King Kendrick so that was a, a really incredible experience and I love that record so much I really wanted to do so much more with it like I wanted to do a video so bad I wanted to do a video so bad but it was just timing and everything um but it's a record that I feel like it's going to because it fits right in. Like you said, it feels like a leftover track from Aphrodisiac or Full Moon because it fits right in. I feel like it'll it'll last for a long time. So, so I play it constantly. So yeah, it's a it's in this really great mix is uh, what I love about that period of music. Like it knocks, but it's not overbearing. No, it's a wave. It, you know what I mean? It's the perfect encapsulation of like what I think a vibe of today should be. Like the production is there. The vocals are there but it's not, it, you could technically play it in the club if you wanted to, but it's a type of record that's like, it's versatile to the listener. It yeah, is. So I really I love that. It. So then if you're saying Kelly Rowland and mm-hmm. Brandy, right? Mm-hmm. And to have them on your first project, knowing that they are your, you know, that you grew up listening to some of your, you know, some of your biggest inspiration. So the song with Kelly Rowland, and then you did... What late night show was that Jimmy Kim? Was that Jimmy? Jimmy Fallon. Kimmel. 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 One of them, right? One of, one of them. One of them. <laughs> and you did that. And shout out to Drix and um, Yes. And he's Nick. Be on my project, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. He's he's on my list. Um, we we communicate and I'm like, okay, I'm ready whenever you're ready. Drop this new project so you can come on right now live. Okay. <laughs> so how what what the fuck? First of all, the Kelly <laughs> Rowland track was finally with CC Peniston. Yes, was so. I grew up listening to CC Peniston's music yes. too. You know, like we got a love thing, all of that. Like that is my jam. Again, credit to my brother. And so I had actually done. This is kind of. I'm gonna give my manager some kind of credit because I was not <laughs> feeling what they said at first. But I had done a remix of finally, like in like 2013, 2014 when I was a lot younger, it was just sitting on my SoundCloud on private. And they were listening to it and they were like, yo, you need to like 
take this and redo it and have like you just need to redo it like at first they were just saying like just do a remix and then we kind of started talking i was like ah because i'm like it's old like this like not the song the original song i don't care about that but the remix that i had done i was so detached from it because i'd done this a long ago i'm like ah. but then i was like well maybe what if we like get another artist on it so it's like it's an interpolation you know we do some new lyrics and everything and they were like well great yeah we should definitely do that and then um i was like well you know who's who's a you know a queen of house music of today you know of the last 10 years kelly Rowland. i was like respect i don't think people really want to give her that credit and that's fine you know what i mean because she is okay you know what i mean like we've had this conversation too she clocked me one time on the on a voice note because i was like she was like she says something like i'm not worried about that (laughs) basically so kelly roll is not bothered by any of whatever like she is very content with her career and i love that for her but you know i was like yeah i want to have more credit she was like girl i don't care about that i was like it was so funny but yeah we all got on a call i actually did uh kelly Rowland's team reached out to me for her birthday last year and they wanted me to do this like dj set for instagram live like a surprise dj set for her birthday so i ended up doing that which was like kind of how we got connected so i knew it could happen and then i was like well, what if we get like M and E K on there? Cause you know, for production and stuff, because we had talked before about working. I love M and E K. So we all hopped on like this like conference call. So M and E K is in the UK, Kelly's somewhere, and I'm somewhere else. And we're all on the call and we're talking about the record and they're all so excited and we're like, we're really gonna do it. And the goal was this is like late April, May. The goal was we were gonna finish it really quickly and get it done for prior. We were gonna drop it like end of May. Yeah. So it could have like, you know the whole June to kind of like be successful or whatever but timing you know what I mean you got to get sample clearances and I wanted CC Peniston to be a part of the record like I was not going to ever do anything without her blessing yeah. but I also didn't want to just have it be like a regular sample like I wanted her to be feel like she had a say in this record so she actually recorded new vocals too oh wow uh, which are slightly blended in too so it's the original sample and it's like some of her new vocals in there. Yeah, I and I really appreciated that she did that. You know what I mean? Cause like it meant a lot and I have to have another conversation with her because I don't think she understands how much that meant to me. Cause again, that's like my childhood and yes. it all just came together really beautifully. And so we, we were trying to figure out what the second thing was going to be. Cause I wanted it. It had to be finally because we wanted to put it out for pride. And so it was like right at the tail end of pride, like turning into July. We were like, it could still do pretty good. Um, and because it was such a short time frame, like we wanted to do more with that record. Like I still feel like you needed just a little bit more dizzle dazzle. Right but I'm that. proud of it, it, you know. And we put it out right before we announced the the project was coming out. So I think it came out like July 1st, and everyone was so excited about it. It was really yeah. cool. And we were actually going to do back together for Jimmy Kimmel. That was what it was going to be. Okay. Um, back together was going to be like the big song. And I quickly want to talk about that. And I mean, we could get into it a little bit more, a little bit later, but that's a song. Like, I think it's almost at 5 million streams on Spotify, but that's a song that like, unfortunately, because of timing, me and Kehlani both wanted to do a lot with that record, Yeah. but you know, she had just dropped the T-Pain record too, you know, that she was collaborating with. So it was like a lot of scheduling stuff, but like, if we got to promote that record the way we wanted to, like, even if we did an interview together or did like a video, like we planned to, that record would have took off. Like it did so well on its own, which meant so much, you know, just on Kehlani's name, 
on my name and the fact that it was a really good song. So like, I was really happy that yeah. a lot of that music was en ended up, even though we didn't get to do any visuals for any of the songs on the project, it spoke for itself and they still did pretty well. So we, uh, because of the, she had just done Jimmy Kimmel with, um, with T-Pain, I knew it was going to be hard to get her to do, you know, rehearsals and all that stuff for yeah. whatever. So I was like, whatever, we just dropped finally, let's do that. So that was an incredible experience because I remember meeting Kelly for the first time, like in person at the Jimmy Kimmel rehearsal. Yes. I, th I think I posted on Twitter, like our meeting. I mean, she, she walked in looking like she was ready to work. <laughs> okay. She was okay. like, she gave me the biggest hug and she was like, all right, what are we doing? And so we, you know, we came up with the whole concept of like, we really wanted to showcase Black, you know, excellence black queer excellence especially so you know at the last minute it was so last minute man like everything was so last minute i called up all my friends i was like look we need dancers okay we need dancers now for this performance like i don't know what y'all have going on cancel it you will get paid come be a part of this so you know i called up um i really wish taylor could have made it I Taylor know. had work i know but for, he'll be in another summer we're probably gonna do a song together soon so that'll be exciting but Drake's came out, Nick, you know, creative came out, my friend Jahari White, he was there. Um, an artist named Amindi, who I had worked with, she was actually on like my first, first single a couple years ago, which is no longer on Spotify or whatever, because we're probably going to redo it. She was part of it, like everyone came through and it was such a beautiful mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my friend Cody, AKA Neptune Wavy. And we all got to be there and I was so nervous. I was trying not to be nervous because all my friends were there and I was trying to, because I knew they were super nervous and I was like, let me kind of like take all their nervousness and okay, try to push yeah. through. But like when they had me speak at the beginning of the performance and I had to like introduce Kelly and everything, I was like, we had to do like four takes of it. And usually I'm really good at public speaking and all that, but I was just like, I could not believe this was happening. I have my friends here, my friends that have watched me over the years go through it. 2013 2014 when nobody knew who, who I was and I was struggling I was down bad I was thinking about suicide all this stuff so many people that knew my journey they were here on the stage with me it, I, I was so choked up and we were able to do that and it aired on Jimmy Kimmel and um Arsenio Hall was hosting that day so to see him like holding up the things take shape cover art I was like oh this is ridiculous so I'm really, really proud of that record. You know, I, I do wish we could have done more with it promo-wise, but it was just a timing thing. And I also, I wouldn't say I burnt out really quick, but I knew that I needed to take a break. And that's why I hadn't dropped anything in a while. I was like, I had three weeks to put that project together pretty much. Yeah, so and I was also part of Apple's Up Next campaign. I was their Up Next artist for July. So that was, while I was shooting that campaign for like 10, not, you know, 11 hours a day, I was going to the studio at night to finish all the songs and mix and master the songs. Yeah. I was just really tired that month. And it was a lot, you know, for to take on, you know, at one time, but I'm proud of it. Um, we're like listening to you tell, like watching your journey, right. As Ryan, a fan and now having you, I don't call people my guests, my friend. Okay. You're, yes. Yes. Like to hear it in detail and everything that you've been through it makes so much sense. It, it makes sense. And I hope that you know your value, which you have done. You That timing for a lot of people uh, in the world was heavy. Things are still heavy, but it was very heavy then. And you brought us together with music. Your love of music brought us joy, brought me joy. I remember having you on my home pod. 
was like, who is this? And I'm like, girl, this is a more fit. Like, you know, it's coming to, together. It came together. It just brought us so much joy because I think of what in my family, what we were going through and just how music can just be healing. And that's why I necessarily, I wanted you on this show just to give you your flowers while you, you know, yes, you are here, you are thriving, you have so much more to do, but I just wanted, I just want to thank you because you could have been like November 26th, you could have been like, oh, I, you know, like I ain't doing that today. I don't feel like doing that. that But that's what it is. Like, I think that's what always, that's always how stuff has happened with me because I don't overthink it. Like everyone's always like, oh, how does your mind work? I'm like, I just be bored. Or that generally just be it. Like I be bored. Like now I have work. Thankful for your boredom. Okay. Like half those mashes and stuff. Like if I wasn't just sitting in the bed staring at the ceiling, I would never made them. Like, like that's just how it came about. So it's just really crazy. Like it's really taught me to trust myself and trust my process. And that's why I try to tell people, even like, I'm really big with deadlines. I get deadlines, especially on the film side. On the music side, sometimes I'll be having to tell like my label, I just wait, because something will come out of it. You know what I mean? Like you just, I I have to trust that process, you know? Yes. And you're doing that. You're trust, listen, you're inspiring me. Okay. So in addition, real quick, because I'm Mm -hmm. I'm, going to wrap it up. I can Mm -hmm. talk for hours. Yes. Um, you mentioned like you want to do documentaries right so we'll film documentaries what who's an artist that you would pick if you can go into detail and have even because people you know like just in detail Mm -hmm. what artist missy elliott i've already done like a a documentary pitch trailer back in like 2018 actually Mm -hmm. when i was still in school and it got so much traction it was a I think it's on Twitter, so I'll link you to it. You might really like it. But it was a like a Netflix documentary pitch for Missy Elliott. And I, everyone, I think, yeah, I think okay. Yeah, everyone was like, oh my gosh, like this is this needs to happen. And like me and Missy, Missy is someone that I know very soon I will be working with because we've talked for years. Like before I blew up, she gave me so much advice. Like when I was real down bad again, like she would just message me and be like, yo, like keep your head up. Like you are very talented. Like you are gonna pop off and um so to have that support from her still to this day is like incredible so you know we we have talked about maybe getting that done you know film stuff takes a lot of time to develop you know what I mean but I'm in a lot of great conversations I've been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes that I'm NDA that I can't talk about on the film side but there's going to be stuff you know I'm really excited about it and I think that's really what's going to set me apart from a lot of people because, you know, people have seen my documentaries, but even on the narrative side, like what I can do and what I can bring, it's going to be pretty exciting. So that's coming. I can't even give a date, but hopefully soon, the next couple of years. Stay soon. And I want to make sure I come out with the right, you know, introduction on the film side. Yeah. Um, but I'm it'll be soon. I can't wait for that because I've, I've you. heard you talk so much about it in previous interviews and how mm-hmm. you school for it and music and that right there. So also to join them, is that's, that's a win-win. I can't wait for that. Literally. I cannot wait to continue watching your journey. So in that question, what's what's next? What is next for Amorphous? What is next for me is finally more music. Finally. I know I've been quiet. I've is not it dropped. A release or I think so. There'll be something out in the summer. I'm hoping it's the full project. But um I have another EP to put out. Um, that I'm contracted. I've been do, so, with. is this kind of like your thing where you want to do 
various EPs with different artists or um so I'm hoping this is the last EP before I could do a full project because I like albums I'm an album kid um you know so I mean if I gotta do another EP I will but you know like (laughs) I would like to do a project after this and that's why I've been taking my time on this EP because I want it to be the next step and the next evolution um, but I'm working with some really, really incredible people. I'm going in with Amber Riley soon, who I love dearly. Um, Lendrix. Lendrix, we're actually doing a song together, me, Lendrix, and Amber. So that Ooh, I, is really exciting. I hear the, hearing the voices, I'm already like... Chills. Can I, and can, I, this, can I also... So I saw this interaction and I almost died, right? Because mm. JoJo is my favorite. Shout out to yes. Mm-hmm. and I saw you guys have an interaction so I want to put that in an atmosphere that you guys eventually get together uh-huh yeah <laughs> right yeah uh, that's, yeah we're gonna you put that my in face there. you see my face it's happening it yeah. happened like we, we talked about it a lot we just you know she's on tour now so it's yeah. just a timing thing but you know we we already kind of started messing around with some ideas, so that's, that's going to happen. That's all you have to say. That's all you have to say. I'm trying, to, then, I'm trying to get her on Ryan Out Loud next. <laughs> okay, she needs to come up on here. She would come love that. On. Would love I told her, we had a conversation here. on um, at her tour. I went to her VIP, and I was like, I, I don't know if this is the first, like, the ter- but I, she was like, oh, you have a dope voice, and I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Oh, that is so sweet. Oh, my God, and I was like, Ryan Out Loud is a safe space for Black queer creatives, and then I remember seeing her post later on about wanting to be on a podcast, and I was like, girl come to run out she loud does. but i don't know yeah. like i was like i don't know if that moment like when i said black queer creatives because jojo she i remember when she so was what, but she's an icon man. you know what i mean like okay. a lot of, she's an icon she, she deserves to be one here. that she i wouldn't oh my gosh i don't care what color translucent remember she was translucent brown <laughs> on social media like the girl got sold she'd been invited to the kick cookouts from the very beginning if you're listening mm-hmm. joanna you're welcome I'll, run out loud. I'll text her. I'll be like, look, I just did a oh, thing from Ryan Allow. Just go on. Listen, go on okay. Okay. But yeah, JoJo is, is, I mean, it's incredible. So, I mean, it, I would love to have her on this project, but even if it doesn't, you know, I'm also probably going to be releasing a lot of just like one off singles okay. after the project is out because I'm working on so much music now that I just want to like Put it out build there. up my catalog more. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm going in tomorrow with Tone Stiff. It was really exciting oh, for this project. So, so I'm working. Oh, in Victoria, we, you know, we had a session last you year, but we're talking about getting back look, in. Everybody's allowed to cuss on Ryan out loud, but sometimes I have to stop myself because I'll be like, uh, oh, you, "What the? Look, that's a what the fuck moment." Oh well, Literally, but yeah, like, I've been helping Victoria with like some like mix and stuff for like her performances. Like, her mix for her. Uh, mm-hmm. So like cool. we getting back in with each other soon, hopefully. And then there's some surprises. I'm really excited. Ooh. I will say this project is going to lean more male focused this time okay. because I wanted to show a different side of what I can bring and my versatility. There's a lot of, it's way more R&B to hip hop, like through and through. There's not really any dance records on this one, but there'll be time for that later. And it's a little bit darker. I'm excited. I think people are going to be kind of shook. They're going to be like, oh, this is what you're giving. You know, if you think about where the wave was, and think about like it's getting a little okay. bit more darker than that. There's some dancehall influences. I love, when, I love different eras when it's like, you know, it's like how Rihanna did rated R and then loud. Yeah, right? this it's is funny. if I could give the perfect comparison. Things take shape was like loud, kind of. Okay, okay. Things take shape was like loud because you know loud had some bops on there, but it also has some cute little R and B moments. Skin was giving. It, oh, rated R. 
was a whole different thing. Rated R, oh. anti, this is what this is kind of giving. So I'm oh, really excited about it. Y'all are getting exclusive yes. here. I- yes. Get ready. I'm really hoping to, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping to put something out um, probably at the end of June, like a single or something. And then we'll we'll see what happens from there with the project. But I've been taking my time. So many people have been messaging me and DMing me like, where's the music? And I'm like, girl. I'm working. I promise. Like, I, I don't want to rush it. I, I had such a big year last year. Not. Like it was just too much. Like I just need to take a step back and make sure I was grounded. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. you can really lose your way in this industry. So I'm like, let me just live my regular ass life for a minute, and then when I'm ready to grind and go hard again, that'll happen. But I'll also be doing more like um, placement stuff for other artists. So like producing okay. for other artists and I definitely can't talk about that but you'll see some surprises I'm I'm excited so wrapping this up because like I said we could talk for hours I always end run out loud <laughs> with a question on advice that's how this is my very first episode was the advice I would give to my younger self Jameer everything you've been through mm. you know you not never giving up and sticking to your dream, your goal. And here you are living your dream, living your truth and living your best life. And I love that. What advice would you give to your younger self? Trust God, Mm. one, Mm -hmm. trust in the process and understand that everything happens in timing. Um, And also speak up. I'll say speak up because it's not a regret that I have, but if I could go back, there are moments in my life where if I had, I shouldn't have let people steamroll over me. Mm. And obviously everything has led me to this moment. So I'm definitely not regretting anything, yeah, yeah. but just learning how to really find my voice I would say, Hey, like everything's going to be all right. And you know, that you are hopefully a nice person. So if you need to stand up for something that's right, don't be a punk and do it. So that's the advice I'd give. And the advice I'd give to anybody else too, again, is like, I think the biggest thing is trusting the process, no matter what age you are. Like if you surround yourself with the right people and I'm always a proponent of this. I'll just say this. If you have a platform, if you have a platform, you, you have the opportunity to put other people on that are your friends. You, you have the opportunity to bring them in your the rooms that you're in or speak their name. You do that. And if you don't, you're not a real friend. I always say I, any room that I am going into that I will be stepping into, I always think of my peers, like, like the people I met on social media or like not even met, but we just have numbers and just exchange and texts and artists that I know. That's why this platform, Ryan Allow was created to elevate uh, mm-hmm. black queer independent artists, artists, mm-hmm. period, black queer artists, period, you know, cause you got, everybody deserves and every aspect of producing DJing writing act all of that so this that's what Ryan this platform is Namorphous thank you for coming on so you have a this is when you are a friend of me and this show you're welcome back I oh yeah we need to schedule something for when the project job I'm ready don't play because listen I'll give you my number and yes and when you come out to LA if I'm ever in Pittsburgh or wherever we're gonna link I'm with it. I told like, yes, we'll talk. But yes, yes, I'm due to come out there. Y'all, this has been a, this is like my favorite episode of Ryan Outlaw. (laughs) I had to get my fangirl moment out and I got it out. And I do have to quickly say to you, I have to give you your dues. Thank you for making this a safe space. Cause you know, I listened to the Taylor interview, which was so amazing, but 
you know, a lot of the times interviewers can be kind of impersonal, unfortunately, especially on podcasts. They just are like, it's just like poking the bear, poking the bear. But I've noticed, especially in our community, a lot of these, you know, podcasters like yourself, we actually are able to fully be ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I have to put on a front. And that's thanks to you. So thank you for being so open and patient and understanding. And you asked some great questions. So I would love to come back on. You are more than, thank you. You made my day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, more. No, thank you. Y'all listeners, I hope you no you better support amorphous <laughs> things take shape his upcoming projects when he starts dropping films is all of that support him and i'm gonna end it y'all remember black lives matter black queer lives matter black trans lives matter that will never change be safe protect your magic your energy all of that sending y'all love thank you for listening to this episode